everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lonnan. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. So here we are. This is our last pod of 2023. Dare we say, see you later, 23? Or was it a good one for you? <laughs> I mean, as good as any year can be, I guess. I don't know. There's so much shit happening. But I feel like yeah. that's any it's like post i mean i'm obviously pre-pandemic there was a lot of stuff so i don't know i'm i'm done with this year though so i'm glad i mean not done obviously chatting with you and we'll miss our listeners but mm-hmm. it'll be nice to take a <laughs> beat to take a break for a sec i agree i think it'll be nice um a little downtime which we can all use in life in general so mm-hmm. these listeners take some time i know salon pros are busy 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 oh god are they ever so take some time before we meet again to rest. Mm. Well, in the spirit of 2024, which is basically right around the corner, frighteningly, uh, there's all sorts of things out there on the internet about predictions, trends for the year to come. Uh, where where are you feeling? How do you where are you landing with some of these things that people are talking about? Uh, short hair, for example. I, I'd love to hear your your take. Yeah, you know, over at Allure.com, they were talking about the short hair trends that you're going to see everywhere in 24. And mm-hmm. I've got to say, I have seen some celebs doing the chop chop. And I noticed Marin Morris is extra short mm. in an interview I was listening to, talking a little bit about cutting off her 2023, like, toxicity. And so I thought, oh, that's an interesting move. It is. Because cutting my hair would make me feel terrible. <laughs> more toxic um yeah so about Marin morris number one when you say short and you say her i immediately thought like that was a dig because she's a short person um oh indeed no but that wasn't but that wasn't i know you, you weren't going for that um <laughs> i am a big fan of Marin morris oh. and know of this toxicity of which you speak okay. apparently her cutting it off 2023 but she cut off that hair Early. like Real early in the year. So I I do wonder about that one is all I want to put out there. Yeah, fine. Like, it seems like a little bit of PR work to to say. But you know what? When I think, like, she, she chopped it real short sooner. So, I, I you know. But look at us talking about it. Yeah, here we are. I mean, it looks good on her. I mean, if it suits you. But that's what it, like, do we need to justify? Can we just, like, we wanted to change it up. We wanted to have shorter hair. She looks great with it. I, I'm okay with this trend, honestly. I'm sick of some of the other trends that we saw. Like, I don't, I don't want the Pixie, the Trixie, the Pixie, the, yeah, no, I don't even know <laughs> how many Ixies we have. Too many to name, um, too much and not enough. Um, that's a trend though, that I'm into. I let, let's all go a little bit shorter. Maybe yeah. if we feel like it, cause then there's always extensions. So, you know, we can mix it right back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we're going to be seeing in 2024. You've heard it here. Second. thanks alore uh something else that's being talked about for 2024 uh already is pantone's color of the year um how do you feel about peach fuzz not good not good i think that it is just a color and it doesn't remind me of anything happy or joyful it's just sort of like a wall color from the early 80s i don't know it, what do you think where where are we landing here so i mean i've seen a lot of the criticism yeah in that like it's not 
really exciting. It doesn't do any of the things that Pantone purports it to do. People are also calling it out as being a little bit racist because it's a little flesh tone, but a specific flesh tone. So there's all sorts of conversations that are happening online. Um, I do like this color, which is tough because I know a lot of people don't. Uh, it it speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's part of you that might use this in sort of a branding <laughs> effort for yourself. This is true. Uh, I don't. I don't always love to brand, but you know, Instagram stories can be a chaotic place, and I have found to like bring it all together mm. and to like give context to what I'm putting out on my Instagram story that I often elect for a singular background color, and this color. Is there? It's just like a <laughs> shade away from peach fuzz, which you know many people don't like at all. So that's tough to live with. And that's got to hit home a little hard too, because you've been using said color for so long. Yeah, and then to have people just drag it to hell. Um, it's you know. I'll be curious to see if you change your strategy. <laughs> twenty twenty four might be the year to to change that 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 approach. Off it goes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. You know. We've got a big year ahead, you and I, in that background color. Exactly. I mean, when, well, with this downtime um, between pods, maybe maybe you'll see a, a refresh. We can't wait. <laughs> On our last episode, we talked with Wynn Claybaugh. Wynn Claybaugh is the founder, co-owner, and dean of Paul Mitchell Advanced Education, a franchisor of more than 100 cosmetology and or barbering schools throughout the United States. He has helped thousands of businesses build their brands, and create successful working cultures. Since 1995, Wynn has interviewed over 325 beauty and business professionals, artists, educators, and mentors for his popular master series. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Do it. This week, we're talking with Paul and Tussany. For 13 years, Paul and Tussany ran Integrity Lash, a premier seven-digit lash salon in Southern California. For the last seven years, Paul and Tussany host the most listened to Lash podcast in the world called Lashcast with over 2 million downloads, as well as host trainings and webinars tailored for lash artists. The twosome aims to educate and uplift, love that, lash professionals to become better lash artists and business owners. Paul and Tussany founded the Lash Conference in 2019, and over the last five years, over 3,500 lash artists have attended the event to learn how to grow and market their businesses. Speaking of growing your own business, there is this very cool young teenager. Her name is Callie Gialuisis. And essentially she at 16 years of age has enrolled and now at 17 has completed Raphael's school of beauty culture and now has her own beauty salon called Rave Studio Salon and Spa in Howland, Ohio. Talk about ambitious, right? Incredible. I, I mean, this is so impressive. I at 16 and then 17 had no idea what I was going to, but like, mm -hmm. Not only did she graduate high school, she graduated her nail tech program. She is herself a salon owner. Like, this is wild. This is totally crazy and so cool for her. All the places that this industry can take you and at a very young age to be a business owner. It started as one of her friends came to her house with an acrylic nail kit and was like, hey, let's figure this out. Can you do this? <laughs> and then she was hooked um, and thought about going to school for it and just really following her passion. So if you're out there wondering, should I do it? Could I do it? Is it the right time? Here's your sign. You know, let's talk about signs. Signs that you should do things. Uh, I think that these next couple of articles from the tease.com are things that might 
you know, elicit something deep down inside about making some changes, particularly this next one. So, I mean, there's so many things that are trending on the tease.com. Let's talk about it. First up, an article for one of our contributing editors, Manon. The article is entitled, and I'm going to say it because it'll confuse you otherwise. Celebrity hairstylist Julius Michael installed my hidden crown hair extensions. Here's why he swears by them. If there's anyone we can trust to consistently create ultra glam hair looks, it's celebrity hairstylist Julius Michael. A renowned stylist to the stars, Michael is the main master responsible for making many of our favorite Real Housewives and Bravo celebrities look so dang good. Not to mention, he has quite the reputation for working extension magic on all of his clients. Recently, one of our contributing editors, Manon, was lucky enough to experience Michael's talents firsthand after being given the opportunity to have him style hair with hidden crown extensions. Head to tease.com for a closer look at her experience, including this incredible transformation, which brings me to... How crazy was this? Did you, I mean, she posted this video before and after the install. She looks like a totally different person, which speaks to the power of hair extensions. I know you are a user. What is your take on this one? I'm a user and a fan and <laughs> love that Mano was able to do this because it is absolutely a total transformation and she is stunning with or without, but that's the magic, Julius Michaels. We like it. Truly, truly next level. Love to see it. Um, and yeah, head to thetees.com to get his tips and tricks as to why Hidden Crown is the way to go. Would love to hear if you feel similarly or differently. Let us know. <laughs> next up, master hairstylist Teresa Romero on her inspiration, her teaching style, and her biggest aha moment. When it comes to staying inspired in the professional beauty industry, hairstylists have so many resources at their fingertips to help fuel creativity. Whether it be films, fashion, art, or even everyday people, inspiration can truly be found anywhere, including unexpected places like your fridge or kitchen pantry. You gotta go to Batiste.com to see what we're talking about. We link out. Uh, for Teresa Romero, creative director for Sam Villa and artistic education director for Jorge Luis Salon, inspiration has a tendency to find her when she needs it the most. As a master hairstylist with over 30 years of experience working in the industry and numerous accolades to her name, Naha Masters, Wella Beauty and Vision Awards, Alternative Hair Show, and the Southwest Hairstyling Awards, to name a few, Romero has managed to take advantage of all of the creative goodness around her to create some extraordinary avant-garde hair looks. At thetease.com, she shares exactly what fuels her creative fire, as well as some impactful moments in her career, and what she plans to prioritize in what's left of 2023, which again, we established almost over. <laughs> um, there's so many gems in this, and it's a really feel-good story. Um, Again, we encourage everybody to go to the tease to read it. Uh, I'm curious, Kelly, as we wind down yes. this year and this time together, mm -hmm. any aha moments for you for 2023? You know, Jeff, I think my only aha moment is that this dang years keep going too fast, right? Having kids, having a family. The aha is let's take it a little slower in 24. Let's spend a little more time, quality time with those that we love. Oh, that's so good. And a, a reminder, I think, for all of us, yes. things are not that serious. Let's calm down. <laughs> all right. Uh, and most importantly, huge news out of New York State. We are so excited about this on the tease.com. The article is called New York State Now Requires Textured Hair Training in Cosmetology Schools. Here's Why This Matters. New York State has taken a huge step forward in addressing the lack of knowledge about textured hairstyling within cosmetology schools and salons. Per reporting from Allure, New York State Governor Kathy Hochul signed new legislation on November 17th that will require all cosmetology schools in the region to make textured hair education a part of their general curriculum. 
The new law, known officially as Bill S6528A, was first introduced by New York State Senator Jamal T. Bailey in April 2023 with the goal of making cosmetology school education more inclusive of all hair textures. It is set to officially go into effect in approximately six months, giving cosmetology schools in New York State the opportunity to adjust their curriculums to make sure that they're in line with the new law. Put simply, Bill S6528A's main goal is to make the cosmetology school education more inclusive in New York State, and as the legislation states, quote, this bill would require cosmetologists and natural hairstylists to, pursuant to regulations promulgated by the Secretary of State, complete certain training as well as include questions on licensed examinations regarding the provisions of services to individuals with all hair types, including, but not limited to, various curl and wave patterns, hair strand thicknesses, and volume of hair as a condition of licensure. While the passing of Bill S6528A is no doubt a monumental moment for textured hair inclusivity in New York, it's important to understand that it's far from the first of its kind. A lot of the success of the bill is owed to the diligent work of Black advocates and organizers who created solutions for inclusive textured hairstyling education and licensing when this didn't already exist. Head to thetees.com to learn more about the bill, but also about the nuances of the existing legislation. Uh, This is a really important story. So much to be said. Um, and lots of important points that are brought up, especially the implementation, which is a little bit of a concern with this kind of legislation, yeah. particularly as it advances through other state legislatures. So, Kelly, lots to unpack. Um, what's your thoughts? What are you thinking about uh, this kind of package of legislation as it moves into other states across the U.S.? I mean, simply stated, as you mentioned, it's a monumental moment for textured hair inclusivity. And we want this across every state, across the world, if you will. So we're making strides. We're moving this forward. I'm pro. Mm-hmm. Well put. As always, so much going on over the tease.com. And we hope you guys check it out in your downtime as you don't have us to listen to for a couple of weeks. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Paul and Tessany. For 13 years, Paul and Tessany Lubers ran Integrity Lash, a premier seven-digit salon in Southern California. Over the years, Integrity Lash was recognized by Vanity Fair, Los Angeles Magazine, Pasadena Magazine, Brides.com, as well as by others as one of the best in SoCal. For the last seven years, they've hosted the most listened-to Lash podcast in the world called Lash Cast, with over 2 million downloads, as well as host trainings and webinars tailored for Lash artists. The twosome aim to educate and uplift Lash professionals to become better Lash artists and better business owners. They also founded the Lash Conference in 2019. And over the last five years, over 3,500 Lash artists have come and attended the event to learn how to grow and market their business. Aside from their trainings and events, they also coach Lash artists in their coaching program called LashCast Clubhouse. In their unique coaching program, they teach artists how to build a business that they can be proud of. When they aren't running their own events or training, they're also speaking at trade shows as well as conferences all over the world. And one day, the two hope to retire in a log cabin in Hawaii and raise penguins. All right. So today I'm joined with Tessany and Paul. We are excited to get into all things lashes. First and foremost, let's hear from both of you. Tell me a little bit about yourselves individually and then collectively. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks, Kelly. So excited to be a part of the tease here. Uh, Let's see. I started, well, first of all, my mother was a hairdresser and my grandmother as well. She had a master's in cosmetology in in Florida. Back in in the day. A long long time ago. Wow. That's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. It's kind of in my blood. Um, Growing up, I just didn't realize it was 
it was just a part of something I did. I mean, there was always like makeup and hair stuff. You know, she worked in a salon. My grandmother was a salon owner. People would come to the house. You know, I'd go and hang out at the salon when I was little. You know, play with the curlers, that kind of yep. stuff. Um, you know, play with makeup. I didn't really think that that was something I was going to do. I, I was uh, I went to school for fashion design. But um, once I got there, I thought this isn't actually for me. It, it was a lot of pattern drafting and uh, using a, a part of my brain that I wasn't super. It wasn't super. It didn't come super easy to me. So I went to beauty school. Um, I went to learn uh, aesthetics. It was great. I worked in a salon. It was a day spa. So they they grew from like eight chairs to 17 with like a wet room and a color room. And, and this was in the um, early 90s or mid 90s. Then I got an opportunity to work for uh, the medical side. So a couple different plastic surgeons. In San Francisco. San Francisco yeah. and Berkeley. And at the time, the lunchtime peel uh, biomedic uh, was was kind of big, you know, it, medical interventions, estheticians uh, connecting with uh, doctors was kind of a new thing. Yeah. So I kind of really got on the front of that. And it really opened a lot of doors for me in terms of opportunities, being able to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do just under my own license, but under a plastic surgeon doing you know, dermaplaning and peels that were a little bit more aggressive and learning about surgeries and, and things like that and just being a part of their practices. That was really kind of cool. So I worked awesome. in med spas after that. Um, took a little bit of time to have kids. Um, okay. See what else was there? Well, then 2004 was the, the or 2005 was a big year. That was the big year because yeah. that's when I... That's when I discovered uh, lash extensions uh, ah. in beauty school. You know, we were taught, you know, the little clusters and here's some ancient glue from like the 1960s. Oh, right. It was a little yeah. bottle of, you know, um, uh, toxicity, like, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bottle of toxicity. It was like model glue, airplane glue, oh. and it smelled that bad. But I, I had a knack for it and all the girls yeah. would line up and I would do everybody's lashes. But like a week later, everyone would be like, oh, my gosh, my eyes are like they're, they're so stingy. They're so uh, they're pulling my lashes out yeah. because, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of instruction either. It was kind of like, you remember, you know, you're thrown to the wolves in some way. And so I thought to myself, these products aren't that great. I'm going to wait mm -hmm. until something else uh, comes out you know, later on. What I didn't realize, it wasn't the product so much. It was the application. Uh, and those lashes were clusters and they were designed to be put on several. And they were designed to be used with a latex adhesive, not a semi-permanent one. And so that's why there was pain because they were glued together. So yeah. I went to a beauty show in 2005 and I saw individual lashes being put on with a cyanoacrylate adhesive. And I was like, this is it. This is amazing. So I plopped my money down. I, I learned all about it. And I thought to myself, nobody knows what this is. How am I going to have more chances to be exposed to clients that are willing to, you know, yeah. be subjected to lash extensions? Yeah. So I thought the best way to do it is I'm going to become a trainer. So yeah. I kind of sweet talked my way uh, into be a trainer position with one of these new companies. I hadn't done it all that much, but I knew that I would pick it up as I went. Mm -hmm. I did kind of have a knack for it. And uh, so I did. I got accepted for one of these companies and it allowed me to do a lot of practice on people. Yeah. 
And um, being able to teach it at the same time, it was kind of, um, I mean, it's only, the only way you could learn is by doing it by yeah. teaching because no one would sign up or be willing to let you put lashes on them. It was amazing. Kelly. Yeah. Like if anyone has ever had lash extensions, you know, like the minute they get put on and you open your eyes oh, yes. and you look in the mirror, it's like, <gasps> hello. Yeah. It's the yeah. best. <laughs> right. It's like, it makes every human being look more beautiful and attractive yes. and who does not want that. So I knew that this was going to be a big thing. The trouble was nobody knew what it was. So I couldn't put a, yeah. a sign on the on the window that said lash extensions. People would be like, oh, you mean strip lashes? Like, uh, no, this is something okay. different. So I opened my salon. Um, I had been working with the plastic surgeon and med spas before. But I, I said, I'm going to open. It's going to be called Integrity Skin. Okay. And the way I'm going to grow my business is for every person that comes in for skincare, I'm just going to be like, I've got an extra service for you. It's free and it's lashes because I knew that people would be addicted once they saw it. And it was easier to just do it for free than to try to explain it because there was too many objections. There was just like, what is this? I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. And so that's how I grew my business. Uh, It started out as integrity skin and then it moved into integrity lash. Amazing. And then. For me, um, at age five, I always thought I'd be a lash artist. No, um, no, I had no idea uh, about this whole world of lashes. I, I, when we first, we got married in 93. So okay. 30, we're actually celebrating 30 years. Just Ooh, like congrats. Ago. Yeah. So it's we, a miracle. it is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, definitely a miracle. We, there's a, there's proof that God exists, but that said, um, we basically, I was working in the film industry and my career, you know, I made all these famous movies. No, I didn't make any famous movies. Nothing happened. (laughs) My career was quite unimpressive and hers really by 2008, 2009, she was booked out, you know, doing 12 clients a day, six days a week, just going through the just crazy. And we were here in Los Angeles. So there were, there was a few other places, but she was like the biggest game in town. And so after watching her business grow and then she started hiring people and then we started having problems with hiring Mm because she, she was working full-time as a lash artist and then was supposed to be managing, couldn't do both. And by 2011, she was like, please, um, I need help. And, I my wits end. And after I, I turned down my job with Steven Spielberg, I said, okay, <laughs> I will come and work for you. And that's what I did. I left the film industry, which wow. I did love. I mean, they had a little success, but nothing, nothing too impressive to brag about. But her stuff was blown up. And when you see a winning team, you want to be part of that winning team. Yeah. So I, I just dropped everything, completely walked away from the industry, film industry, and then been with her for the last, well, it's been 13 years now, almost working in wow. the industry. And I actually love it. I enjoy this industry. I've learned to just love the beauty industry, the people we've met, the relationships we've made. Yeah. Uh, just so much. Um, the people are just so much fun. Actually, they're more fun than film people. Uh, it's just a really cool community. I mean, I went to the, our first beauty show. Says, just wait. It is a circus. It, it is. is. Color it's the best. It is the best. People, people with body paint walking around. I know. Yeah, people it's with nails. The wild and Swords, I mean, <laughs> demos. Yeah, you know? yeah. People asking, yeah, do all sorts of things to my face for free. I mean, it's just, it's, it's fun. And so I really kind of lit up, and we kind of found our place, and we ran together, ran Terry Lash um, for like eight years. I worked with her. Okay. I mean, I was helping her beforehand, but the not. Salon was open for thirteen. Yeah, but I was helping her. I, I was the painter. I was the one doing all. 
moving stuff, setting things yeah. up, and then I'd leave and go work my other job. But now um, we got to work together. It was awesome. Now, I want to say you are more than the painter. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I was uh, struggling because I yeah. wasn't really gifted in, in administration. A lot of beauty professionals, you know, they find themselves in a position of leadership when they were never trained to be. They, yeah, they're good at hair, good at nails, right? Yeah, it's a different but, thing. And so I very much was uh, one of those people. And I said, I really need your help. And yeah. um, that's when he came on. So, yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. So you had Integrity Lash for how many years? And then when did you close Integrity Lash? And take me through that journey. Yeah. But so we basically, in 2006, it started as Integrity Skin. skin and then with yeah. the Integrity and then we dropped it skin, then it became integrity lashes. But 2019 was the final chapter. And that's it's okay. a sad story because we basically had tried a lot of different models of, of a business. So we had done booth rental, mm -hmm. we had done uh, hourly, we had done commission, and then we settled with the, I don't know if you're familiar with Neil Dukoff from uh -huh. Strategies. Strategies. Um, and we became a strategies client in 2013, 14, and became a team-based salon, which is kind of like, you know, a lot of times we're considered the weirdos in the industry because their model is very different. And a lot of people like, get, can be a little antagonistic sometimes because it's like, oh, you guys are oh, you're team based. You're one of those people. And it's OK. We're, we're, we we found our, our our sweet spot. The world is big enough. We can we can all be. Yeah, we all be we friends. Can. We have different structures of business, but we love strategies. We love being a team based salon. But one of the things that we weren't good at in the beginning, for sure, is we had no skills in leadership. We had no idea how to run things. And once we started implementing things, we had some bumps along the way. And basically, there were a couple disgruntled employees who um, basically we started, I guess you say, I started having a backbone. We started realizing we don't have to work with everyone. If someone doesn't work yeah. out, we just let them go. Right. And, and They that, don't want to be there either. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a mutual thing. Right? Why keep someone sure. around who's miserable? So it's a for blessing sure. for both. Let them go find the place where they'll be happy. And also for us, it'll, it'll be better for us. Anyhow, that one of those um, let, um, firings, we'll say, didn't go so well. And that person decided to go and talk to a lawyer, found a few loopholes, things that maybe small things that we did wrong. It was just a disaster. So when that all happened, we decided, you know mm -hmm. what, this salon thing, while well, we loved it, and I I know at the time when we had things going, our team that we had, it was great. It was working. All the systems were in place. Everyone, we had a fully engaged, fully motivated team. But prior years past had come yeah. back to haunt us. Yeah. And um, when we weren't doing such a good job, weren't so good. And so, unfortunately, we decided, you know what? As embarrassing as this is, I think it's better to close the salon than keep beating our heads against the wall. And yeah. we already started pivoting into our podcast and, and other stuff they were doing. And we kind of saw that we wanted to move more into the digital space than uh, brick and mortar anyway. So this just made a final decision. So we closed the salon. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, sometimes those hard lessons, I mean, you learn them, right? But then it opens up other doors to to new opportunities, which is Lashcast and Lashcon. So yeah. Share a little bit about how Lashcast came into existence and what inspired you to start the podcast. Well, basically in 2017 is when we record okay. our first episode, October oh, wow. of 2017. That was our very first episode. It got recorded and then our, edit our editor or person recorded wouldn't give the copy for like three months. 
It was like, he just, it was, I don't know if it was incompetence or what, but it was crazy um, trying to deal with them and try to get, so that our first airing wasn't until actually um, January of 2018. That's when we first released it right before ISSE, when ISSE was oh, yeah. around, okay. we released it intentionally. I know we'll release it just before the, uh, the show in Long Beach yeah. with this idea that we'll make a big deal. Now, no one listened. I think we had 35 listens in our first week and it was got to start somewhere. Yeah, you, you do. You do. And so part of the impetus for that is yeah. two things. Um, one of them was we were looking for opportunities to help our staff to grow, to find yeah. other opportunities yeah. for them to be in leadership. We we would speak at conferences and things like that and give them the opportunity to, to present alongside with us. And we thought this would be something really interesting as well. And what do we have to say? We have a lot to say about lashes. Um, one but, of the things that I need authority to be able to get there. Yeah. So. And yeah. instead of being waited, you know, waiting to be invited to the table, we thought, let's just share. It's been a hard journey to some of these best practices in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, things that can send our clients to the doctor. I want every lash artist to understand what those are so they have the consults yeah. so that our, our industry is elevated and not kind mm -hmm. of in the, the dark ages with like voodoo and witchcraft. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all you have to do is rub this uh, potato skin and throw it over your shoulder <laughs> and like bad stuff won't happen. I wanted to tell people and I wanted to give it away so that people people's work environment, they, they could just be more professional. Well, before 2018, our industry really was pretty much closed off. Like everyone was yeah. kind of in their silos, not sharing information. They wouldn't even share what glue they use. Like they were scared. Like, if you know my secrets, you'll steal all my clients and be more successful. So we're like, okay, we're tired of this gatekeeping. We're tired yeah. of everyone keeping everything themselves. Plus we were told a lot of things that we were doing were wrong. Now, no oh. one could tell us why, but there were the lash gods in, uh, in, in, oh. uh, out of, in um, Salt Lake City and the lash gods out of Salt Lake City because that's the center of all lashing. We prayed at Salt Lake City. Um, but that said, <laughs> um, the lash gods had determined this is the only way lashes should be done. And if huh. anyone does it differently, you are wrong and you should be damned to hell. And it was like, wait a minute, there's a lot of room for preference here. I looked at the hair world. I'm like, Everyone's kind of having right. fun, being creative, trying to. I, mean, I saw guys cutting hair with swords and fire for crying out loud. <laughs> I don't advise that, but at least that shows some creativity, some thinking outside yeah. the box. But lashes was like, oh, oh no. my gosh, you do that There's and you will be one way. There's only one way of anything. And the lash police are going to knock on your door and say, you're. That is yeah. so yeah. interesting. So, and this all yeah. came from a certain group that was the then authority on lashes. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a, gr a small group of uh, people. And they were all over the United States. It wasn't just Utah. I joke. Okay. Utah because there's a lot of lash brands in Utah, but there was okay. like this small community of like 10, 20 people that kind of seemed to have a stranglehold on the information and how things were done in the industry. Well, okay. it's because we were so new and they were yeah. the yeah. only ones that, you know, had a voice in the beginning yeah. and everyone flocked to that. That sure. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they're the first ones to market. Right. You get to have your say and all that. We yeah. would go to conventions and we would show our technique and people would just be walking by saying, no, no, I'm going to no go I'm gonna tell my, yeah. I'm like, let me talk to you. Let me, you know, and Explain. I realized they didn't see us as authorities. So, so we, uh, me, uh, I was a big Gary. I'm still like Gary V a lot, but Gary V I'm a big Little fan. Gary. Yeah. And, and also <laughs> Seth Godin. These are kind of like two of my, <laughs> my yeah. mentors that I look up to and, and what they do and how they do things. And Gary was always about influence. Like if you want attention, yeah. right? If you want 
to be able to have a say in things and you got to get attention. You have to create influence. You have to create your own and you can't wait for people to do it for you. And that was the thing. I think we were sitting around for a few years Waiting thinking we were just top salon, last salon in Southern California. We had been recognized by Vanity Fair, Brides.com, LA Magazine, all these big things saying this and Terry Lash is special. So we thought the world um, would come knocking on our door, wanting our information and, and, and so forth. No one cared. No one, no one crickets, like no one reached out to us. We would make little reaches out to our publications and get some uh, things published, but no one cared. So then that's when we said, you know what? Let's just start a flipping podcast because that is going to be something. No one is doing yeah. it in time. There was no last podcast. Yeah. So yeah. let's start a podcast. We can now finally just start sharing information freely. Do the jab, jab, right hook thing that Gary Vee talks about. Just give, give with the goal. Once you have an audience, and really was Seth Godin, I think was the first time I heard this idea. Is it just need a thousand people. Get a thousand followers and you can build a business off of that. Find a thousand people who believe in you and, and believe what you're doing. And then you can grow from that and build a business. And so that was our goal was just to build a little business. Stop. Don't even try to sell anything. Like don't yeah. sell anything. Just go out, give and value serve. and serve people, love people, take care of people, show you're generous, kind, thoughtful, inclusive, all these things. And when, as, as, that, as that grows and as that you, you bless people, then opportunities to bring products to life that can serve and help people become a reality. And that's why we did LashCast in 20, really 2017, but 2018, we had a whole year. And then by the end of 2018 and early 2019, we realized, okay, now it's time to launch LashCon because okay. we were so inspired by like BeautyCon and all the other cons yeah. out yeah. there. Like we need a one for the last world, makeup and all that. So this is for lashes. And we basically signed the contract in December of 20, end of 2019 okay. with the idea we're going to do LashCon in the summer, in the fall of 20, uh, 2019. Yeah. So anyway, the, and, and LashCon was the same idea that I, make, I didn't ask, but we'll just show you why that happened. Yeah. Yeah. 2019 or 2018 early, all you ever went to conferences was about technique, technique, technique. Yeah. No one's talking about business. In terms of lashes. Yeah. As far as lashes. And I was like, we really need business help. Like we went through our own business pains. We had yeah. just closed our yeah. salon, right? So we're like, man, salons need to know and, and business owners need to understand it's, it's not 100% about lashes. It's like 50% about lashes, 50% about business, learning how to do, yeah. do things properly, how to hire, how to do taxes, how to do finances, how to do customer service, all that stuff. Leadership. Leadership, so forth. So we said, Let's start a start business conference. And it was only, we were the first in, at the time. Now every last conference has a lot of business, but at that time doing business at conference was really kind of a weird thing. So we were really excited. 2019, we launched LashCon with the sole purpose of helping invest in people and, and help them think about their business so that they could grow their business. And we were inspired by Serious, Serious business. business, which is a great mm -hmm. business conference in the hair world yeah. um, from the Neil Corp that we really, uh, we've been going to that since 2013, 2014 oh, wow. and, and learned tons from that from that show and we thought let's just bring that same kind of concept into the last world and help people um learn business and lashes and thus LashCon was born in 2019 wow so, anyway, that's how, it for this and <laughs> how um what was that first LashCon like how did you assemble the brands yeah. like take me through the concepting the ups the downs all of that well i think for us the big thing with LashCon we only had like five when we, we signed the country in December, but we really didn't start selling tickets. I think it was till June. We had four okay. months. We had, yeah. So okay. we had about four months to really push and sell this thing. And okay. at that time, most last conferences would be 50 to 150 people. And you have like five, okay. 10 last brands at the event. And, and okay. then you just have a, a room full of speaker. Uh, you have everyone in one room just speaking kind of like 
anywhere from 15 minutes to 35 minutes, uh, like these little talks about lashes. <laughs> and we say, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to do things differently. And we really went after serious business. Serious business has this model where if you haven't been to it in the morning, you go to the first break main session together, and then <laughs> you do breakouts in the afternoon. And then the following day you do breakouts and then you do a main session. So we we took that same format and said, oh, we'll do that for the lashes. We will do these um, main sessions. And then we'll get some, what I thought were a little bit bigger name speakers than <laughs> just lash like bring people from the beauty world or from the business world and kind of again like what serious business does or like um uh, speakers uh like the one that did the customer service like never lose a customer in uh, oh, yeah what's his name joey coleman like joey coleman okay. yeah but that was virtual but yeah we brought in um some people um we brought in a board member from the pba came and spoke when okay. claybaugh when claybaugh yeah. Was on their show that's in 2020 when was going to come live, but it ended up being virtual. Um, we we so we try to get headliners that are big names, just not in lashes, but in hair yeah. or in the bigger business world. And that's our first year. So we did that, and then we did breakouts where we had lash artists sharing business tips from their own best practices. And it was so different in the lash world; like no one had yeah. done this before. It was very unique. And our biggest value is to try to make sure that everyone feels seen and and, and heard. Did great, One of the wonderful. Main- for lash artists is that a lot of us work alone in a room. Yeah. Yeah. And there isn't a, a, Not a lot of community. community that yep. we can tap in. Not like hair, right? Hair, you're all in the room, cutting together. You can talk, yeah. chat, communicate. You're making lashes in the back. The lashes know. are nothing like that. You would literally spend hours alone in a room, or even if you're in one big room doing lashing, you're all quiet. quiet yeah. You're just sitting there kind of doing your work. Yeah. It's very methodical, very time consuming. Yeah. And detailed so it doesn't allow for that same fun kind of atmosphere um what you get i mean you just go to like ibs versus iecsc right ibs is yeah. like a big party iecsc which is estheticians is all more serious and quiet and, library you know, voices like libraries yeah. it's, it's very distinct totally. it's, it's, it's cultures that's the same thing in the last world so we thought well let's do something where we can really make sure people feel seen so we're one of the things we did when we opened our very i'm always proud of this tusk came with this idea it about killed me but it was great we actually got <laughs> everyone's photo that attended, we had 270 attendees. We got a photo of everyone there minus maybe 20, 20 people never got back to us. And we created a slideshow with everyone's face on the screen. And we did this little slideshow or video, just welcoming everyone to the show. It took like five minutes to go through 250 slides, but it, uh, or images, but we really wanted to make sure everyone felt seen and that they were important and that they were valued. And that's how we started off LashCon. And it's always been kind of our heartbeat. I mean, we even hired a couple of people to walk or that year we had one person whose job was solely to look for people standing alone and go talk to them oh no like, way she, yeah That's just so go smart. yeah and, huh. and touch she's like the hostess with the most i mean she walks around and is going up to people sitting there you know because some people are shy it's a little yeah. scary the first time and so she's always walking up hey no hey you who you're with and he goes oh i just got here i'm all alone well, come with me. I'm going to introduce you to some friends. And That's so Tessa's awesome. running around introducing her to other people. It feels when you're like awkward and you're like, don't know. Yeah. Friends and you're just going to hang out in the bathroom. I mean, yeah. that was me. So mm-hmm. I, I hate that. I yeah. Hate that for people. Yeah. So, and, and so that was really our one of the key things, I think, that still today really sets LashCon apart. Because when you come to LashCon, we, we actually preach this in all our meetings. Like when I meet with my sponsors, I meet with my speakers, when I meet with my volunteers and my staff, I'm like, guys, we're the ones that set the tone. We're the ones that are going to make people feel yeah. loved and cared for. And if we don't do it, no one's going to do it. So it starts with us and everyone. It's, you, you, you know, I know you have friends there. be friendly to your friends, see people, but man, we, any moment you see someone walking by someone alone, please, if you can try to pull them in, yeah. you know, like 50, 60, 70% of people come last con come alone. They don't have any friends. 
And mm -hmm. so we really focus on really making that high value. Of course, I want people to learn. I want them to have fun. But if you know, those things aren't going to really happen if you feel isolated, cut out, and, and, and not really part of the community. So we really drive that as a, a big part of our what LashCon has been. And I think it's why LashCon went from 270. This last year, we had 1,300. And we keep wow. growing every year. So it's, yeah, it's been growing healthy pace. And I don't know where it will stop. But uh, it's already beaten the numbers we thought we would be happy with 500 but you know yeah. oh hey that's a little bit about uh what drives us yeah that's amazing and your passion is certainly seen and heard um from <laughs> both of you um how was it trying to find initial brands and partners were they oh, yeah. like we're here for this this is not happening anywhere was it received you know because you think let's start an event but oh shoot we also have to monetize it right yeah yeah. And there's not, I mean, events can be very expensive, right? For yeah. brands. I mean, I know going to IBS, brands spend $50,000, $100,000 or more sometimes just to go there. I've, I know some brands spend $200,000 to be at these shows and you have to justify that cost. You can't just yeah. be like, well, is this for fun? We just clubbed and went to Vegas and had fun for a right. few days. That doesn't, that doesn't pay the bills. So yeah, for us, it was hard. The first year was difficult. We only had, I think, 13 or 14 brands come on and it okay. took a lot of talking. Um, yeah. and, and also for me really realizing just like we do with our clients, I need to really take care of my vendors and my sponsors. Yeah. They are the lifeblood of our, what we do. I mean, this last year we had a trade show with about hundred booths wow. and it, for, and just all lashes for the most part. So it was pretty big for the last world. And, and we started with 13 and I think it really was relationship building. For me, yeah. okay. it's about networking. I'm meeting these people. Almost every sponsor that comes to LashCon is because I met them at a trade show or a conference or just got to know them at a social and got to know the owner, the CEO, the business, and I became friends. And I started talking yeah. to them and say, how can I help you? What can I do to help you with your business? And I, yeah, sure. Well, I, I wish you know this and that, or here's my pain points. And either, well, sometimes it's just advice. Like, well, here's my thoughts. I, I talk to a lot of brand owners, you know, here's what's going on or what I see. Sometimes it's like, well, how can I maybe serve you at LashCon? Maybe we can create some opportunity for you that's yeah. unique for what your brand is. And they go, yeah, that'd be really fun. I'd love to do that. So we really, it's about people. In the end, yeah. everything's about people. And if you make sure people feel cared for and, and seen and loved, opportunities really open from that. But when you kind of just focus on what I need this from you, I mean, this yeah. happens to us all the time. People reach out, Hey, I want you, um, I want to be on your podcast or, Hey, I want to, I, I want collaboration. I want to speak yeah. on your uh, speak at LashCon or I want to be this. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. hello is usually how we first start the conversation. And then secondly, <laughs> You know, maybe we should get to know each other and build a relationship. Yeah. No, I mean, almost yeah. everyone that speaks on our stage, I, I've become friends with too. And I know, and I'm, I try to be very um, considerate about who I bring on and I, I want to vet them. And I also want to show diverse voices. I don't want just yeah. one group. So I try to do all that, but that takes a lot of time and effort and energy. And some people just want to cut to the chase. Like they don't want, they don't want to date. They just want to like, yeah. let's get married. And you're like, whoa, come on, let's, let's stop that. Let's, let's, let's get to know each other. So it's it's a hard thing, but I found over the years that really investing and 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 taking time to talk, take people out to dinner, you know, show that you care about them, yeah. and then you know the good things happen. Opportunities come, collaborations open up, and for us that first year, it was a lot of it was just you know, kind of talking, a lot of talk down phones and and trying to yeah. share our vision. And I think when people saw the vision too, I think like anything, people will follow once they know a vision, they'll follow, right? They, you have yeah. to, go, but you got to give them something to follow. And so that was what we, sure. what we did. It was also really good at um, giving them uh, 
a pathway to be okay. successful. Like some of them, you know, had never displayed at, at a trade show. So like how to, you know, uh, interact with people, you know, you don't just sit behind your booth and, and look at your phone, you're engaged, yeah. you're outside, you know, how to, um, how to show up and uh, okay. uh, sell, you know, right? We do, to yeah, we engage, do a little, like, yeah, we do sales training, I guess you say, or, or engagement training um, a little bit with my, uh, this year we did two, like this year, we had two Zoom meetings with my sponsors where, you know, for the new ones, like guys, if you're new, you have to come. Like I want to teach you some things, best practices I've seen over the years so that you can maximize your opportunities at LashCon. And we even in the beginning would do that. We always are about trying to help educate, lift up, empower people so that they feel like they can do it. Cause so many of these people in the last war are so new, right? They've been doing this for yeah. a year or two. They have no background. They have no history in this or 22 years old. They have a, their own business, which is awesome, but they're also over their head. So for us is this, we just feel like, well, let's come alongside them and help educate and push them forward and give them the tools they need so that they'll hopefully have a better, be more successful. That's amazing. So looking ahead, you know, what are your plans for both LashCast and LashCon as we look to the future? Well, finally, in 2024, we'll be video. Uh, we've been doing Ooh. audio for six years now. Right. We have 350 some episodes, wow. I think. Okay, uh, we've been doing lot. it for a while and we do two a week, but we wow. really want, want to do it to where we have now a video element. So we are, are, you can't see it here, but this is going to be our studio. We have all huh. this equipment over here and over here that we have to set up <laughs> and make this look as cute bit, as yours. Yeah, more <laughs> like yours. Yeah. So, um, so we'll be working on that and that'll be launching in 2024 with a, oh. a whole new look and with more content, we're going to be doing more stuff on YouTube and so forth. And and all that. And even we even have some video, uh, almost like uh, shows that we like to do. They'll probably be one-offs, but where we go to salons and we Fun. do yeah. um, like follow Tuscan lashes around the world because we travel a cool. lot. So we thought, why don't we have her go to the salons and get her lashes done in different places and see what it's like. So um, we'll be doing stuff like that. So that, that's one thing. And then LashCast, we hope we'll be growing that. And we also are launching what we're calling our clubhouse last chance clubhouse. And that's going to okay. be more of a, a group coaching program that we've cool. been delaying for like four or five years, mainly because LashCon has been so much our focus, but now I feel like LashCon's kind of got itself established. We can now launch this and that's just going to be a more in depth walkthrough where you get more of us, but now it's more exclusive with more yeah. times to spend um, talking to us and us sharing the things that we learn and, and tips and all that stuff, lashes and business. And then for LashCon, we have this coming year, we're going to be in Anaheim again. Ooh, we're right. right next to, yeah, we're right next to Disneyland at the Hilton. Uh, it's yeah. right where the um, premiere show is actually also okay. in Anaheim. Same location, but we're in the Hilton. They're in the convention center and we'll be there back. We hope to have 1500 people, let's say this coming awesome. year, we had 1300. So a couple hundred more. And then we're pretty much at that point fully we've maxed out our space so probably yeah. more than 1500 is gonna be hard to do so we we're thinking we'll see but 2025 we've had people since we started begging us to do an east coast show so yeah. maybe in 2025 we'll see maybe we go east coast and west coast and do two a year if Love that's it. possible but we'll Love see I mean, that's a lot to be seen <laughs> i like it i feel like you need to get some rest in 23 yet because you're gonna have a big 24 yeah yeah no <laughs> we, we are right now for the next, last month i've been resting but we're about geared up 2024 <laughs> january 2nd we hit the dope ground and we're, and we're running we got so many exciting things going on i love it you know, if if anyone is listening and they're thinking, you know, I've thought about this or, you know, I'm a connoisseur and love to get my lashes done like I do. What are some of the innovations that you're seeing in the lash category? Uh, well, uh, a big one right now is 
LED UV activated um, oh. light. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're safer. There's some that aren't. So you have to be careful. Uh, knockoffs and things from China. But um, uh, an LED uh, curing adhesive cures oh. extremely fast and it it holds the the, the bond really well. Wow. Um, so that's a new, it cuts down on the sticky, uh, the stickiness of the, if, you know, because it takes like a, a second or two faster curing. Yeah. to cure. Wow. And sometimes the lashes will stick together. This one. You don't have to worry that. about it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I think there is a, a new AI uh, lash robotic tech coming out. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, we were consultants for Loom. Or yes. we They've been around for George. six years They're called Loom. And okay. it's uh, actually run by a lash artist, uh, okay. but it does the application in a shorter amount of time. And, wow. and and lots of people have said, well, don't you think that's going to be taking away jobs from lash artists? And I, I don't think so. Okay. What I think is that it's going to allow more people. It's like another uh, it reduces the barrier to entry. Okay. And you really can't replace people, right? No. So not I think in this industry. No. 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 So I think some people people will like it, will try it, and some people will want more. And yeah. and they, they will seek out a lash artist, uh the ones that you know, but it will provide job opportunities for existing artists. Yeah, so. actually, it's a it's a big tweezer, is what it is. Because now lash really? artists no longer are gonna basically they'll run the machine. They'll be the ones who prep the client. They'll turn on the machine. They design it. They design it. That they will finish it. They're not fixing. We have to hunched over, and they can get twice as many clients in in a day. At this, you know, it's like forty minute appointments. These are very quick appointments where you get a new set in forty minutes. So, and they hope they speed that up to where eventually be thirty minutes or less. So, right now, it's a really interesting technology. They're going to actually be at LashCon because our industry is terribly scared of it. Which I know anything new is scary. But we're really excited to bring them to LashCon with the hopes that they'll help bridge that gap and help educate people to see that they're not replacing jobs. Yeah. They're actually giving new jobs to lash artists. And they're actually opening up a large segment of our populace who don't, won't get lashes. Because if it takes two, three takes hours, too like, yeah. much time. But For 40 sure. minutes, sure. I just want to clarify one thing. You said it was a giant tweezer. I, I know. It is not. There is no <laughs> tweezer. There is no pokey thing. I'm it joking. It's soft. And, and there, it's, it's, actually, it's a robot. Yeah, but it's not like you, you know. No, it's not this yeah. giant monster tweezer like it is, perfect. It is, it is no. very safe. So. I'm just saying as a last artist, this is your tool now. Instead of working with yeah. these tweezers, you're working with a machine to do yeah. the work. And it's we think it's going to be a, a big deal. And so that's coming. They're already in Ulta in San Jose in the Bay Area. Oh, They're doing wow. the first trials right now. So they hope to launch more in 2024, a few a few more locations around the country, and, and Ulta is a partner with them. So they got a lot of uh, a lot of good backing and good people on board, and we that'll be big. But yeah, I think the LED that and, and the robotics those are two of the oh. big changes that are coming. They're scary for a lot of people. In fact, so much so we've decided the month of January. You know, you know, um, Discovery has Shark Week. Well, we're yeah, going to yeah. have LED month. <laughs> it's going to be on our podcast. We have like seven it. podcasts lined up wow. with um, manufacturers, experts, experts scientists, um, um, chemists, experts, yeah. PhDs, that, yeah. uh, surgeons that understand the technology and uh, can can advise us. So, so yeah. we're going to be doing that twice a week, um, seven episodes, at least maybe eight. And that'll be throughout the month of January. So if you are a lash artist and you want yes. to know if this is safe or not, just be cool. waiting for those episodes. So we'll be doing that. 
I love it. Everything you're up to is absolutely incredible. Elevating the industry on so many levels. Kudos to both of you. Excited to see where 24 takes you and, and be along to support you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move into our last little segment called the Tease Quick Takes. And yes. they are just that. We want to know yeah. you outside of the lash world. And the first question is, and you can decide who takes it or both. Yeah. What was your first ever product that you owned? Beauty, hair care, or even maybe a lash product? <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> you go. You go first. Head and shoulders. Okay. I, that's a tried and true. <laughs> as a kid, Ew. I had dandruff. Now I have no hair. So that's what happens when we have dandruff, I guess. But I just remember as a kid, my mom going, we got to fix this problem. So we went to the store, got head and shoulders. And that was my go. first known product. I, okay. I'm not really a beauty guy, but yeah, that was for me. Okay. With uh, candy lipstick. I was, okay. I was five mm -hmm. years old and I bought a candy lipstick from the ice cream man with my, my own money. And Amazing. I like cherished that candy lipstick for like, uh, yeah, uh, longer than I should have. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? No, I mean, other than never changing my underwear, um, <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. Um, no, really, it's funny enough. I'm not. I never have been. I've been one of those young girls in the sports. So, yes, I would do things okay. like wear my hat and do weird things, jerseys and whatever. But now, as you've gotten older and you realize none of that stuff works, <laughs> it's like right. you just kind of go, yeah, things just happen. So, yeah, no, that's <laughs> we're kind of born in that answer. Not a whole lot. All right. Superstitious. All right. Um, who would play each of you in a biopic of your life? The only thing I could think of was Winnie the Pooh. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I just think, you know, Aww. I love yes, I that. Like that one. Yeah, like I'm not an Eeyore. Um, and uh, so Winnie would be you. And I'm not an owl, but um, yeah, I think Winnie the Pooh. That is adorable. Uh, and mine's less adorable. Tom Cruise would play me. Oh, all right. On. Yeah. Go all in. I love it. I think I'm better looking than Tom. He's got nothing on me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Okay. Oh, I know. So my family's from the South, actually. And oh, um, so uh, this is like, I know it's, it's gross food. So gross, but like. The ultimate comfort food. It's not like I eat this every day or anything. Almost it's never. Not, it's not super healthy, but um, corned beef hash cooked okay. in a cast iron pan. Side order of grits with butter. Ooh, that is Southern. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love me, it. Uh, it's uh, bibimbap. That would be my, that's okay. my comfort. I could, okay. that, if that just make that or pho. I think those are okay. my two go-to okay. comfort foods. Love it. All right. Last one. Say you are on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you each bringing? Okay. I thought through this already. Okay. So the first one is a mineral based sunscreen. Okay. Titanium and zinc and iron oxides. Okay. For sure. You need that. You need that because that, that's going to protect your skin. The second one would be this. CE Ferulic, because um, the vitamin CE and combination with Ferulic, they actually uh, provide the skin a little bit of photo protection, which is kind of neat. It oh. sits into the skin cells. Yes. Okay. And it, it provides some photo protection because, you know, you're going to be out baking. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is uh, just a CeraVe healing lotion. It's just okay. like a glorified um, 
uh, Vaseline, but it's okay. not, um, it's a little bit more refined. So. All right. We need those. Um, those are good. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I was putting sunscreen because of course my wife tells me every day I do. Yes. And I, I generally don't, but I, I try, I try I make efforts. Okay. The other one that would really be important because she's been wanting me to do this for a long time. And I think if I'm on the island by myself, this is the time to do it. I would finally get <laughs> fake hair. Because okay. I would start, I would start over, right? Because my bro, she wants me okay, to just get fake guys, hair. There are, you know, the units, the hair replacement. Uh, units, yes, they're great. Worn, they're amazing. Like uh-huh. I've worn them at times before. Like mm-hmm. there was literally one time that I shaved my head and did it. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah that's so good to know. <laughs> I just, I just want to say I'm brave like that, and I am not. I, can be brave. She wants me to one day just show up at everywhere and go, "Hey, they're like, wait, you have hair now?" I'm like, yeah, it's been here all along. I know, what are you talking <laughs> no. about? First of all, they wouldn't mind if it looks good. People aren't going to be like, oh, my gosh, she's got like a fake hair. Yeah, they will. Oh, yeah. They will. My friends will be laughing at me if I show up fake hair. So on the island, I can show up. You can do it. I can do it now. No one will see me. It's OK. And then, yeah, so I'll get my fake hair. And why not strip lashes? Because that sounds like Ooh, a fun idea. Because, you know, you. I, I'll have, I'll just have lots of hair and lashes. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. All right. Last but not least, tell everyone where they can find both of you, both Lashcast and Lashcon. Yeah. um, You can find Lashcast basically at on Instagram at Lashcast. And our conference was Lashcon, but unfortunately, we lost the name (laughs) to trademark issues. To okay. a big giant beauty brand, actually. So um, right now it's called the Lash Conference. So instead of Lash okay. Con, look up the Lash Conference on Instagram to find us. And then our All website right. is thelashconference.com and as well as Lashcast, um, lashcastproductions.com is kind of like okay. both. You can find us, us too. Just DM us on, on Instagram and, and we'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We, I still respond to all the DMs and we we really value engaging with our community. So yeah. uh, please uh, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. And if you're ever in uh, a Lash Forum or Facebook group, I am an active member of Lash Queens. Uh, so okay. if you have any Lash uh, related questions, you can. Yeah, she goes in there all the time and. Yeah, does all sorts of crazy stuff. So I love yeah. it. I love your mantra of of really giving back to the industry. You can see that that sort of abundant mentality is coming back to all of you and all of the great things you're doing. So thank you for joining us on Volume Up by the Tees, and we will be right there with you celebrating your success as you move into 24. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You bet. All right, Jeff, a true innovator is in the lash space, right? Can't wait for next year. Be sure you hit subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.